Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Look forward to this every day, Sammy. <laughs> I'm going to start off with um, something that Captain K sent me through on the old Insta, the socials. Um, Even though he's sitting next to you. Yeah. Well, that's just what our generation does, Steph. Um, we don't I'd, communicate. Whereas I'd be sending you a telegram. We don't, we don't communicate. Um, coming from the RFU, or actually the, the Telegraph in, in the UK, but um, out of the RFU, apparently they're looking into and potentially trialling... This is for their premiership. Correct. All right. ...a sin bin power play. The way that would work is the captain would tell the referee which player from the opposition he wants to sit on the sideline for 10 minutes. And mm. you would have a sin bin power play. So you have 10 minutes of 15 on 14. Yep. And you'd probably take off their best player. You would. Now, <coughs> immediately I just think that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. What are they thinking about? However... From a purely spectator point of view, that's sort of quite interesting. Like, tactically, do you do it towards the end? Who do you, pick? Who do you Who pick? Do you pick? Do you do it towards the end of the game? Do you do it, you know, sort of in the middle? And obviously you do it when you're dominating. But do you do something like you wouldn't... The cliche answer is Artie Savia for the All Blacks, right? Like, take Artie off at a certain point in time. But what if it was a player that you knew might get subbed anyway? So you wait till 60 minutes, he's off, and then you use your yellow card on somebody else. Uh, there's so many permutations, Steph. I think straight away, I would look at, without, with 30 seconds thought, I'd get rid of the first five. Yeah, that's yeah, Because that's it's, a, it's a skill set mm-hmm. that a lot of players don't have. Artie, fantastic player, but they can probably cover him in the forwards and, and stuff like that. And, I feel you. And, and narrow the field. But you take away... Although, if they sent Richie Moong off, Bodie could come up to 10. But New Zealand's one of the few teams that would have that luxury. Fascinating. And you'd be hot on attack, and they go, right, now. Yeah. And they go, no, not now. We don't want to lose one now. Yeah, well, like, yeah, you're just, you get a penalty five metres out, and then they use it there to stop your momentum. What about a midfielder? Because we talk about how important it is to get a midfield combination. And I would argue that pretty much every country right now only has one combination mm. one genuine combination so disrupt that mm. and you could open up a bit of a, can of, a few can of worms yeah so, I think it's a back yeah and you wouldn't be allowed to get rid of a front row so you're, tell, so you're telling me you're a fan of the Simbin power play I'm a fan of giving something a go I'm a fan of fast fail try it if it doesn't work get rid of it but try it well they'll trial it you said the premiership might be the they might go the tier down or they might go their provincial or whatever it is before they Try it. go big. But yeah, give mind. it a go. There you go. So uh, the RFU is bringing that one uh, to the masses. Now, I'll, I'll try not to... I'll try to abbreviate the story if I can, Steph. It's about a man who fell off a cruise ship and was at sea... I saw that. For close to 15 hours. 28-year-old, wasn't he? Yeah, 28-year-old before miraculously being rescued. 
I've got the full story here, which walks through everything that happened. But long story short, he disappeared at night, said he was going to the bathroom, didn't come back. They signaled the alarm at about 11pm or someone said, hey, I think he's missing. They do another check in the morning. They sort of do a, a passenger check, make sure everyone's there. And in the morning, he still wasn't there. And so at that point, you've been seven or eight hours. They start panicking. They start to call a search and rescue. Gets to the point where the whole cruise ship has to turn around and join the search and rescue, helicopters, other boats, etc. And out of nowhere, a helicopter, and you don't realise when you watch these documentaries about people being lost at sea, how hard it is for mm. you to see someone lost at sea. Mm. Helicopter randomly spotted him. He was conscious, which surprised them all. And when they wheeled him on, he was totally fine. And they reckon he would have been at sea for around about 15 hours. They call it a miracle. They don't know how he was able to tread water and stay alive for 15 hours. Had mild hypothermia, etc. Crazy, mm. crazy story. That, that'll be on the next episode of, you know, I shouldn't be here or whatever those ones are, you know, where they just randomly survive crazy events. How long do you reckon you'd last? Well, I can't swim. So oh. 30 seconds. <laughs> See, I reckon as long as the water wasn't icy cold, I reckon I could do 15 hours. You reckon you could tread water for 15 hours, Float, Steph? float on my back. Oh, see, I can't even float. I don't know the technique for that. I do it and I just sink. So the big key, what people do, mm-hmm. so to, I could get you to float. I could teach you to float in 20 seconds. Really? What's yep. the big thing? Shoulders back, which is you feel like, oh, shoulders and head back. Whereas your natural inclination is to stay oh, no, I know, forward. I know the head back, but I haven't heard of the shoulders. Yeah, everything back and keep your ear, keep your chest, chest open and full of air. And you reckon you can just float there without doing anything? Piece of without cake. Without even Piece of moving cake. your arms or hands? Piece of cake. Well, Jesus. Well, book yourself a cruise ship. <laughs> Put yourself to the test. Um, now... Our, our great friend of the show, Cristiano Ronaldo. Good friend. Who we love. Regular we talked guest. about yesterday how he tried to claim the goal from Bruno Fernandes. Mm. Tell me if this isn't just peak Cristiano Ronaldo in my eyes, Steph. I want to see if you agree. Because Portugal, it came out late last night that Portugal were seeking to produce evidence to FIFA to prove that Cristiano Ronaldo deserves the goal. It did touch his head. Now, first of all, how petty is it? that you're getting your national body to fight for you to say you scored. What a team, man. But how crap is that for Bruno Fernandes, who actually scored the goal, to have his own national body working to take the goal away from him? It's really who cares. I know. Your team won. Your team got to go. Like, it's like All Blacks go over... Um, and Fletcher Newell and Samasone Tokiaho both sort of put them down and Tokiaho gets up and goes, I got it. And Fletcher Newell says, I thought it. And they'd be I don't care who gets it. Mate, but this is Cristiano Ronaldo and oh. he's a rare breed. Apparently FIFA has responded and said they've got all the technology that proves that it wasn't him who scored it. So, Soz, mate, you're out of luck. Now, um, I've got a bit of audio stuff that I want to play and uh, hopefully I've got enough time here. Stephen A. Smith. You a fan? Yeah. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith was late to work this uh, yesterday on First Take, um, the, the ESPN TV show that he works for. And I, I think that Stephen A. Smith has a response highly relatable to both you and I, Steph, given that we live here in Auckland and a lot of Aucklanders. Take a listen to this. 10.24 and 12 seconds and counting. Stephen A. Smith has arrived. And I will say <laughs> this. Uh, Stephen A. Yes. I love that suit. Thank you so much. I do. I love that suit. How are you feeling? The job? I am fine. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, I'm just going. I'm done with New York. I'm done with New York. I was parked. <laughs> and I, when I say parked, I mean literally parked on the West Side Highway. Parked on the West Side Highway. I got a crib 15 minutes from me. I left at 845. This is ridiculous. But I, I, I was late. My bad. You should have left at 730. People. I knew you would say that. 
I knew you would say that. I'm sure I, I'm sure I will hear that from some people. I ain't leaving that no damn stomach. Just want to apologize to both yourself, the audience, actually to Stephen A as well, Steph, because I know he listens to the show. Um, sorry to cut him off there. Just got cut off by the ad. So I'll I'll bring back the Stephen A yeah, story I want to hear the whole thing. Um, after the two o'clock news. But just for now, I'll give you a fact to finish. Please. Uh, an estimated 23.2 million Americans believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. No. They did a uh, survey that found 48% of respondents weren't sure where chocolate milk comes from. 7% thought they came from brown cows, which adds up to 23.2 million. <laughs> <laughs> Only in America. Where eh? does lime milk come from? I'm going to go ask Casey. Yeah, go and ask Casey. Go and ask Casey, our US uh, football correspondent. We'll take a break for news. We'll come back with Stephen A. Smith, The Full Story.